Well, good morning, or whenever it might be that you are joining together with us. It is a sorrow that you can't, that we can't be together in person today to worship the Lord, but we do give thanks that through God's good gift of technology, we're able to be together in whatever way we might be able to through video or audio recording. Um, I'm glad you're able to join us. Glad you're able to join in this time of worshiping our one true God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are gathered here today because, friends, the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Our call to worship today comes to us from Hebrews chapter 10. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of son, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our great high priest, our great high priest who has passed through the heavens and that you have made a full and final atonement for sin. That you have sprinkled us with your blood, sprinkled us with cleansing water. And you have made us fit to be in the presence of the Father. Lord God, draw us close to yourself this day as we come to worship you. Draw our hearts close to you. Draw our hearts close to one another among our brothers and sisters at Newport Church as well. As we come together proclaiming our our one profession of faith, help make our faith strong, Lord, so that we would hold fast to our confession. We thank you that you are the God who holds fast to us. We praise you. We love you. Meet with us this day, Lord. Be with us always, we pray. Amen. The Lord makes it possible for us to be in his presence by cleansing us. We require a cleansing from sin for our hearts and our Actions, our lives are often impure. Uh, We get a sense of how far we fall short from living the lives that the Lord desires for us to live in our call to confession or repentance that we find from Mark chapter 10. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered him well, meaning Jesus, seeing that Jesus had answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the most important of them all? 
Jesus answered, the most important is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And the second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other greater commandment than these. So the Lord calls us to love him and to love others well. We do that often. We, we, we do that rather well, especially at times. But friends, if you ask the Lord to reveal, um, to reveal the truth to you as, as I ask him to reveal it to me, we must confess that, that we fall woefully short of loving the Lord and loving others in the way in which he would have us do. Let's ponder that a moment. Let's give consideration. Reflect back upon your life in these recent days and weeks and ask the Lord to show you, have there been times that you have not loved him well, have not loved him as he deserves to be loved, or likewise where you haven't loved others as well as you could or you should. Let's, um, let's ask the Lord to reveal that to us. Let's acknowledge those times to be sin, and let's repent of them. Let's do that first individually. Now together as God's people, let's confess our sins to the Lord. Please pray with me. Holy Father, we confess that your divine love and power has given us all that we need for life and for godliness through our knowledge of Jesus Christ. But we often fail to nurture the word that you have planted in our hearts. We have not loved you with our whole heart, mind, and strength. And we have not loved our neighbor as ourselves. In mercy, Lord, forgive what we have been, change what we are, and direct what we shall be, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, we pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And now hear again of the Lord's redeeming work in the lives of his people. This from Ezekiel chapter 36, where the Lord says, I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and I will bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all of your uncleanness. And from all of your idols, I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. 
a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give to you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes and to be careful to obey all my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers and you shall be my people and I shall be your God. Let's pray again. Thank you, Lord, for your redeeming work in our lives. Thank you that you are the God who vindicates himself. You are the God who is, who is jealous for his holy name, jealous for his reputation, jealous for the glory which you deserve, Lord. And we have profaned your name at many times in our lives, but we thank you that still you sought us out. Still your saving intention was, was placed upon us from before the foundation of the world. And you marked us out. We deserve to be objects of wrath, your word says. But instead, you have transformed us into objects of mercy. Thank you, Lord, that that you have cleansed us through the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. And you have cleansed us with the waters of baptism. Thank you that you have given us a new spirit, your Holy Spirit. You have given us a new heart, a heart that is alive to you, a heart that is able to return the love that you have poured out upon us. Lord, help us to love you rightly in return and to love others as well, Lord, as your image bearers. Lord God, we we pray for our country in this challenging time and and indeed the whole world. Our our leaders, President Trump, Vice President Pence, Governor Parson, um, Lord the scientists and others working in the the healthcare field, um, seeking to find treatment and relief from this virus. Lord, we pray not just for the leaders of this country, but for every country, Lord. Lord God, bless all of your creation. Don't just bless the United States. Yes, bless the United States, but bless every inch of your creation, Lord, we pray. Lord God, we pray for Nick and Brennan McDonald uh, with RUF at Mizzou, and we ask your blessing upon them, encourage them, help him to continue to minister to the students who have left Mizzou and have returned home. Um, Lord, connect those students with fellow believers in their hometowns and in their families, Lord. Uh, May they be lights, lights of, uh, for, for your glory, Lord. May you strengthen their faith and not cause their faith to waver in this extended period of time away from school. Lord, we pray not just for Nick and Brenna, but we pray for all of our supported ministries, uh, missionaries. We pray for Gary and Linda Johnson and their children, John and Kathy Rugg, Steve and Amy Robertson, and Lord, for other friends in ministry as well. Um, Lord God, we ask your sovereign hand of protection to be upon um, uh, the elderly and upon those who have other other uh, comp- their health is compromised for other region- uh, reasons who seem to be especially um, at risk of this coronavirus. Lord, we pray for Betsy Allen, who's been suffering from, um, from flu-like symptoms. Lord, we pray that you would restore her to full health and that that would not be, um, would not be a serious matter. 
Uh, we ask your blessing upon Rob and his company, Lord, as, as they produce medical equipment, including uh, Rob's division, especially um, thermometers. Lord, bless their work. Lord, we ask your blessing upon all businesses, so many businesses, Lord, around the world, in our country, in our communities, who have been decimated by, uh, by this, this shutdown. Lord, I pray for my own brother's business um, as, as his company has, has experienced hard times as well right now. Lord God, I pray that you would surprise business owners, that you would surprise business managers, and that you would make the reserves that they have on hand last twice as long or three times as long as they think that they might. I pray, Lord, that the help that's promised to us in this relief bill uh, would, would quickly go into the hands of those who are intended to receive it. Lord, we pray for Newport Engineering, and we ask your blessing upon the Galbraith family and, and their business. Um, we've been encouraged to hear that they've had a number of good days, uh, surprising um, busyness in their orders. Uh, we thank you for that, Lord. And and may people be encouraged and may families be drawn together as in this time when they may have a little bit more spare time in their hands, that maybe they work on those project cars in their garage and create um, good memories for their family. Lord, we ask for your, for your protection over Dan and Pat. Uh, keep them free from respiratory illness. Um, keep their respiratory functioning, functioning well. Uh, protect them, Lord. Restore Esther also to good um, respiratory health, Lord, we pray. Lord, we pray for Laura. Um, we're saddened to hear of her fall and her broken wrist. Um, Lord, we pray that that would not require surgery, um, but we pray that uh, prudent uh, discernment would, would be in place there and whatever treatment would be appropriate would, be, would come her way. We pray for Barry and others in the family ministering to her. We um, we pray also we remember Karen Shear and her family. Um, Lord, I believe Sunday might be Kyle's birthday, if I remember correctly. Uh, that family is anxiously awaiting a biopsy on Monday. But Lord, give them a special time of love, a special time of joy as they celebrate Kyle's life. At least I believe it's Kyle who might have a birthday tomorrow. Um, Lord, we thank you for those among us who are serving in a variety of capacities, actually putting their health at risk to serve others. I think of Dave Williams and, and Lori Henry serving in the hospital setting. We think of Lynette serving in the prison, of Donna Carrick and Karen Sider as they serve us in their grocery stores. Um, Mike Buznart and Brad Weens as they deliver supplies throughout the region and throughout the country. Lord God, we ask that you would be with Bob and Ruth Higby as they make arrangements for their return to us. Um, may wisdom reign in that decision, Lord. Protect them sovereignly um, on their return flight and allow those logistics to uh, work out well for them. And, and Lord, we pray for for these matters and so many others, so many people, so many families who were already in pain, already hurting um, before the word coronavirus was ever heard. Um, bless them, Lord. I think of a friend of a friend who we learned last night made comments that led this friend to fear that this person might even be a risk um, 
to themselves. Lord God, we thank you that your word tells us that you are the God who is near to the brokenhearted and you crush, you, you save those who are crushed in spirit. Lord, save us all. Be near to us all, we pray. Amen. And now let's continue this time of prayer with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, our sermon passage today is found in Romans chapter 12, and I'll invite you to turn to that now. Uh, And we'll be looking at that portion of chapter 12 that's found in verses 9 through 13. I I chose this passage of scripture for our message today upon being reminded by the Lord this week of the words that are found in, in verse 12 of Romans 12. These words that call us to be patient in tribulation. Certainly, we have a time of tribulation upon us. Now, fortunately for most of us here in Franklin County at this time, that's, that's really more of just an inconvenience, but certainly it's a, it's a time of true tribulation in, in certain parts of the world and even in our own country, and as I already mentioned, for many businesses and employees. We're aware that there have even been deaths not too far from us because of this disease. But but even in the face of these fears and the potential dangers of that, the Lord tells us that we should and that we can be patient. That we can be patient in such a time as this. Tribulations come. The Lord Jesus says as much in that familiar verse from, from John sixteen thirty three when he says, In this world you will have trouble, or in this world you will have tribulation. But then, of course, we have those, those wonderful, marvelous words that conclude that verse, where Jesus says, But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus is the God who overcomes tribulation. Jesus is the God who enables us to take heart in the face of tribulation. Jesus is the God who makes it possible for you and I as as people of faith to be patient in tribulation, to have peace even in the midst of toil, even in the midst of those things that can reasonably cause anxiety and concern. Now, before we look at our passage today, I want to make a comment about one thing. This passage comes to us from towards the end of this book. Paul, in this letter to the Romans, follows the pattern of of his other letters and the other authors of New Testament letters, where they follow this pattern in which the first portion of those letters, in those first portions, the letter primarily focuses on telling us what is true. Those authors of the New Testament letters typically spend two or three or even more chapters first telling us what is true for those whose life is now hidden in God, hidden with Christ in God, as we're told in Colossians 3.3. 3. 
And then typically it's in the second half, the latter half of these, of these letters or these books. It's there that, that the author then will tend to focus upon application. Upon what then is our right response. If, if these things are true, if we've been redeemed by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, if, if the love and the acceptance of the Father has been poured out upon us, if, if God's Holy Spirit has been given to us, if we've been redeemed from futile ways of living, how then are we now to live? That's a typical pattern of the New Testament letters, and, and that's the same pattern that Paul follows here in the book of Romans. For the, the first half, or actually even the first two-thirds of this book, really, Paul writes to his readers primarily about what's true. And then as chapter 12 begins especially, he begins to tell his readers about how then they and also we are to live as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in doing so, the Lord's actually given to us a kind of handbook for life, for how we can live a God-honoring and a mutually edifying way, even in the midst of this corona pandemic in Franklin County in 2020. And in this particular portion of the book of Romans, Paul tells us how we are to live as members of the body, joined to one another in Christian community. The, the, these aren't just general guidelines of, of how we are to live in general in our lives or with people outside of the family of faith, but, but these words, this instruction that we have before us today, this is really how we specifically are to live and how we're to love with, among our brothers and our sisters in Christ in the local church. And so in this time when we're separated from one another, I pray that this would be a, a good opportunity for us to be encouraged by God's word of how we can still maintain and offer and be blessed by our community of faith. This is God's word to us about how we're to rate, relate to one another here at Newport Church at, at any time, but I think especially at this time. Let's look at this passage now so that, so that we might learn how we might be able to endure tribulation with patience and to help others do that as well. Let's turn our attention now to the reading of God's holy, living, and inerrant word. Paul writes to us again, Romans 12, verses 9 through 12, and he encourages us, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with a brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is God's word for you today. The grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord shall endure forever. Please pray with me. Lord God, we thank you for that enduring word found in your enduring word. Um, Lord, um, 
We pray that you would accompany your word with with your enduring spirit. And Lord, give us an enduring love. Give us an enduring faith. A faith that, that enables us to love you well and to love our brothers and sisters in Christ well also. Lord, be pleased to accomplish this in our life and in our time, we pray. Amen. I just want to give a little bit of a warning. This passage, although it's only a few verses, this passage calls upon us to do a lot of things. Please please remember the things that we do. We don't earn God's favor by the things that we do, by our own doing. But our doing is simply our right response of faith in light of what God has done for us. And because Jesus has overcome the world, we can be patient in tribulation. We can also let love be genuine. And we see that call to us in verse 9. Our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ is to be a genuine love, a true love, a pure love. It's what we're called to do in 1 Peter 1.22. Since you have been purified, since you have purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Or 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with all those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. Our love for the Lord and our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ is to be a pure love. We're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength. Our love is to be a genuine love. Paul speaks to this again just one chapter later in Romans 13, 9 through 10, telling us, The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not cover. All the commandments are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. For love does no wrong to its neighbor. Because, or therefore, love is fulfilling of the law. It's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Faith, hope, and love abide, but the greatest of these is love. We're to love one another with a genuine love, with a brotherly affection. So the question for us this week is how might you and I show this kind of love in a tangible way to our brothers and sisters in Christ of Newport Church. I want to challenge, I want to invite you to consider that this week. How and and who might you be able to encourage this week? How might you be able to do that with a phone call or a text or a card or some other demonstration of love and concern? And I'm so thankful, so proud of so many of you. So many of you have already been doing that in these these previous couple of weeks, reaching out to one another on a far more frequent basis than perhaps we, we typically would. Please keep that up. 
You know, maybe you, Ten, like I acknowledge I do as well, maybe you and I, maybe, maybe we tend to have especially strong relationships with some of the folks in the church, and we interact with them fairly frequently during the course of, of a normal week, but maybe there are some other folks who, who it's actually maybe rather rare that we interact with them outside of a Sunday morning. I want to consider us all to perhaps reach out to some of these folks, touch base with these, encourage them. Remind your brothers and sisters at Newport that they are loved with an everlasting love. We're loved with an everlasting love by the Lord. Jeremiah 31.3 says, and tell them also that they are loved by you. We're to love one another with a genuine love, with a brotherly affection. We're, we're also told in, in verse 9 that we are to abhor what is evil and to hold fast to what is good. We're to abhor what is evil. We're to hate what is evil. We're to, we're to hate wickedness. We're to, we're to hate sin. You know, it's the Lord's desire that we would learn to love the things that He loves and to hate the things that he hates. And yes, it's good and right for us to hate evil, for us to hate sin. But again, I want to ask this question of you, which I often ask of you. Whose sin is it that you most hate? Is it the sin of someone else? Or is it your own sin? Friends, I am convinced that it's the Lord's desire that we would hate our sin the most. That we would be far more grieved by those transgressions that we commit rather than the transgressions that somebody else commits. We are to abhor that which is evil. And you know, in, in this time when, when our country and indeed the, the world have have nearly ground to a halt because of this pandemic, it's, it's reasonable for us to hate the coronavirus. The coronavirus, you see, is, is yet another one of the harmful, one of the, one of the murderous consequences of sin, of the fall. When our first parents sinned, when, when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, sin and death entered the world. And this disease is just one more manifestation of the evil consequences of sin. Quite frankly, if Adam and Eve had not sinned, the coronavirus would not exist. It wouldn't exist and it wouldn't have already killed some 2,000 Americans and many, many more throughout the world and it wouldn't be threatening us and, and our loved ones. The coronavirus is an evil. Because of the disastrous consequences of sin, Romans 8 tells us that all of creation is held in bondage waiting to be released. Remember that passage, we groan. You and I groan under the weight of the effects of sin. And the world is groaning right now under the weight of this virus. The world is broken. 
You and I and everyone else in this world are broken. But thanks be to God, Jesus came to redeem that which is broken. And we need to remember that. And we need to hold fast to that truth. And, 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 and so as, as maybe you're watching hours of coronavirus news coverage on, on television, in the midst of that, we need to hold fast to that which is true. We're not to only hold fast to bad news. We're not to only hold fast to fears which may accompany that bad news. But we also hold fast to the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We hold fast to the truths of Scripture that Jesus Christ will one day come again. And in that day, He'll deliver us from all that is wrong, from all that is broken in this world. We hold fast to the truth that one day He will wipe away every tear and that in that day, death will be no more. Neither shall there be any more mourning, nor crying, nor sorrow, nor pain anymore. But of course, it's important for us to remember that that that's true only for those who have been saved by Him. That's true only for those who recognize their need for this Redeemer who is the Lord Jesus Christ. So that we might be patient in tribulation, we must abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. We're also to love with a love that's to be characterized by genuineness and brotherly affection, showing honor towards one another. Verse 11 tells us that that in order for us to be patient in tribulation, we must also not be slothful in zeal, but instead we're to be fervent in spirit. Do not be slothful in zeal, Paul says. And typically in Scripture, whenever that word zeal is used, primarily it's referring to a zeal for a a passion for the Lord. You know, we actually have been given a unique opportunity. The the, the world is is having a kind of reset right now. Or, or, Or at least many people in the world have been given time to reset. Maybe you don't have time to reset right now if you work in, in a grocery store or in a hospital. But, but for most of us, we've been given a rather remarkable opportunity. We've been given a blessed opportunity as the ordinary and as the, the busyness of life has slowed down at least a bit. We've, we've been given this, this unique blessing to have a reset on how we do life. And that includes how we might spend time with the Lord, both as, as individuals or as families and, and even as a church. This is actually right now a great time for us all to have more committed times of, of personal or family worship. In this extra time that maybe you have available now, rededicate yourselves to daily Bible reading or times of personal devotion with the Lord. 
In verse 12, Paul calls upon us to be constant in prayer. We have a great opportunity right now to grow in that area. Husbands and wives, let's not just fret over the news, but after we watch a disturbing news segment, let's turn to the Lord in prayer together and ask the Lord for his protection and for his deliverance from this disease. Parents, pray with your children to help relieve their fears and to help them grow in their faith and in their trust in the Lord. Encourage them to hold fast to the Lord, to hold fast to what is good. Tell them the gospel story. Tell them that Jesus came, that yes, this is a challenging time. Yes, this is a sad time. But Jesus came for exactly this type of time, this type of circumstance. Tell them that Jesus came to save us and to deliver us from anything and everything that would threaten to war against God's people. Tell them that Jesus has proven himself to be the Lord of life, that he's proven himself to be the resurrection and the life, and that whoever believes in him, though he die, yet shall he live, and whoever lives and believes in him shall never die. Verse 11 tells us that that we're to serve the Lord, and and verse 13 tells us that, that we're to contribute to the needs of the saints and to seek to show hospitality. How can you do that in these coming days and weeks? Well, you know, one way that we can all contribute to the needs of the saints is to continue to support Newport financially. Please remember our church in your giving. We know this is an uncertain time, a challenging time for many of us financially, but please, if and as you may be able, please Mail in a tithe check in the next week or two to help, to help us cover our, our ongoing expenses. Please also remember our other missionaries and, and other dear ministry partners as well. But also, please seek to serve the needs of your brothers and sisters in Christ at Newport. Check in on one another. Maybe if you're going to the store, maybe check and see if someone who lives near you might need something. You know, it's difficult right now to be able to to show hospitality in the normal ways. But what can you do? What can you do to show a kindness to another person? If they're willing to accept it, maybe you can drop off a treat of some kind while, while still maintaining appropriate social distancing. Or again, maybe you can make that call or write a note to someone. Remember our missionaries, pray for them. Write them a note of encouragement, an email of encouragement. Let them know that you're praying for them, that you're thinking of them. Ask the Lord how you might be able to do this. Ask the Lord how you might be able to show love, to show hospitality to others during this challenging time. And while you're doing that, while you're seeking to show kindness and hospitality, don't forget to do that for those people of your own family, those people who you may be uh, quarantined with in the four walls of your own home. Let's remember to show kindness and patience 
and hospitality to those of our own family. You know, in this crazy and unsettling time, we should also ask the Lord to grow our zeal for Him. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him also to help your brothers and sisters in Christ at Newport to grow their zeal for Him. James 4.8 says, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Make that be your prayer for yourself and also for every man and woman, boy and girl of Newport Church. That actually may, may be the kindest and the most loving thing that you can do for one another here at Newport Church. Pray that we all would be more fervent in spirit, as Paul says in verse 11. Be fervent in spirit. In Romans 8, Paul says that that we're to live by the Spirit. And in Galatians 5, he says that we're to walk by the Spirit. Here in, in chapter 12 of Romans, he tells us that we're to be fervent in spirit. It's really much the same concept. We don't live as people who don't know the Lord live. But we're to live according to the power that is at work in you, Paul says in Ephesians 3.20. And we live by the Spirit and we walk by the Spirit as we abide in Christ and as we let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. For remember what he tells us in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. So we must stay connected to him, the true vine, through his spirit. And as we walk by the Spirit, as we live by the Spirit, as as we abide in Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit, God promises, will grow in us. And of course, you you remember the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. You know, verse 12 tells us that, that we are to rejoice in hope that we are to be patient in tribulation and that we're to be constant in prayer. Well, friends, we can hope to be able to rejoice in hope as the Holy Spirit grows us in self-control and enables us to abhor or to reject that, that which is evil and to hold fast to that which is good. And as the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of joy, we're enabled more and more to rejoice in hope. And as the Holy Spirit produces in us the fruit of patience, we'll be enabled to be patient in tribulation. As the Holy Spirit produces the fruit of faithfulness in our lives, He enables us to be more and more constant in prayer. And yes, also as he produces the spiritual fruit of love, he grows us in our ability to love one another with a brotherly affection and with a genuine love. Jesus has overcome the trials and the tribulation that are part of this broken world. But take heart, friends, because Jesus has overcome the world. 
Jesus has overcome those trials. Jesus has overcome death. Jesus is the life. And he has given eternal life to all those who look to him for salvation. He promises that he holds you in his hands and that no one or no thing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Please pray with me. Lord God, we thank you that you are this God. We thank you that you are the God who has overcome every tribulation that there is in the world. We thank you that you are our mighty victor. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the resurrection and the life. That he who believes in you, though he die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in you shall never die. We thank you that you are the God who upholds us in your omnipotent right hand. We thank you that you are the God who is with us, that you are the God who has promised that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. You promise that that the waters will not overtake us, that the flames will not consume us. Lord God, we look to you to see us, to show yourself to us as our deliverer again. Deliver us, Lord, from the danger of this virus. Deliver us from the danger of being separated one from another. Lord, continue to unite us to yourself and to one another. Lord, I pray that you would not let any person associated with Newport Church wander away from the fold. We thank you, Jesus, that if ever any of us do, you are the good shepherd who leaves the 99 to go out and rescue the one. Lord, continue to rescue, continue to shepherd us. Yea, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thy are with me. Lord, may we not fear death. May we not fear anything in this life. Calm our anxious thoughts. Calm our fears. Drive those fears away from us, Lord, we pray. Drive any and every enemy away from us, we pray. We thank you that you are the God who invites us to cast our cares upon you, for you care for us. Show us your care for us, Lord, in the way in which we care for one another. Here at Newport Church, we pray. We give you thanks for being this God. Amen. I'll invite you in just a moment to conclude your time of worship with a song or two. Um, I've got a, a a recommendation for you in your worship bulletin. Please take a look at that, a new song that I'd like to introduce you to, um, if you're not familiar with it. Um, but, But please, just however you may like to conclude your time of worship, feel free to do that. It has been good to be with you. Thank you that you are united to us uh, through faith in Jesus Christ, and thank you for your faithfulness of gathering together and joining your hearts with ours and um, joining uh, your voice in, in prayer to the Lord as well. And now, friends, receive the Lord's benediction. 
from Ephesians 3, 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, for now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you all.